Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. And they would help the other tribes get settled into their area because they, these two and a half tribes have already settled on the eastern side. So it's only fair that they go and help their brothers, right? So now that they're on the west side, now after all this is settled, you know, Joshua tells them, okay, great, you, 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 you've done what you said you were going to do. Now you can go back. And I love this in, in verses 1 through 4 that those two and a half tribes, they were faithful to what God had told them to do. They were faithful. Welcome, everyone, to our Bible study today on Truth in Christ Radio. As Pastor Rob begins chapter 22 of the book of Joshua, we learn that the armies from the east side of the Jordan are sent home. In the seven years that they had been with Joshua, helping the tribes west of the Jordan conquer their enemies, they had been completely obedient and helpful to Joshua. They had gone out and fought on behalf of their brethren, Even though they already had their own inheritance, they obeyed the command of the Lord. For us today, the Apostle Paul reminds us to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Let's join Pastor Rob with today's study. Let's open our Bibles to Joshua chapter 22. We'll see how far we get, uh, Joshua 22 and perhaps 23 tonight. We've only got three more chapters left in the book of Joshua, and I'm hoping... By next Thursday, we will wrap up our time in the book of Joshua. And when I come back from Israel on the 12th of March, uh, the following Thursday, we'll begin the book of Judges, which is going to be an exciting book. Um, it's exciting, and it's also very discouraging, actually, because we're gonna, we see the, uh, the beginnings of, of, of this kind of a rebellion, really, in the heart of God's people. And if you think of it, there's really nothing new under the sun. Solomon said that. There's really nothing new under the sun. And people are people, regardless of what race you're from. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter if you're Italian, if you're Russian, if you're Jewish, if you're Arabic. It doesn't matter what you are. The heart of man, apart from Christ, is bent on rebellion and disobedience. And I know that because I tried to prove him wrong for 24 years of my life. And there came a point where I I said, Uncle, Meaning I gave up because I wanted, I wanted God to have my life. I wanted Jesus Christ to have my life. And I pray that he's got all of you, not just a part of you, but I pray that he's got all of you. And if there's any part of you that is not his, I would encourage you tonight, before you leave here, 
to be sincere and to say, Lord, there's areas that I've not allowed you to come in. There are things in my life that I like very much, Lord, and there's things that I've got my hand tightly around that I don't want you to relinquish my grip. I want to have control over this area, over this area. But can I tell you tonight that the the greatest thing you're going to experience is when you release your hands off the steering wheel and be sitting in the back seat and let Jesus drive the car. Let him drive your life because you will be in a more blessed place by letting him guide and direct you rather than you trying to always control your life. And that's a secret blessing, and that's a secret that very few people come to know is to relinquish control. And in a world that is so chaotic and so difficult, it is very natural to tighten the hatches, to batten down the hatches, to become more confident and assured in yourself, and to take matters into your own hands. It's very tempting in the days that we live in, but it's the exact opposite is what we need to do. And especially as Christians, we have to learn that now. And there is a blessing attached to that. And so tonight, as we get into Joshua chapter 22, you remember last week we looked at chapters 20 and 21. And 20, if you remember, was the cities of refuge. They were three on each side of the Jordan River, and they were for the manslayer, for somebody who inadvertently killed somebody by accident. They could flee to one of these cities, and these cities were Levitical cities, and they could go to these cities, and they could get a, a right judgment. They could get right, uh, a right trial, if you will. And if they were indeed a manslayer and did it out of cold blood, they would be released to the manslayer, and that manslayer would put them to death. But if they were indeed innocent... They would be able to stay in that town. As long as they didn't go outside the city gates, they were safe inside. And so they had to stay there until the death of the high priest. And we looked at that in relationship with how Jesus Christ is our high priest. That in him, because we're in him, because of what he did on the cross, Jesus is that high priest for us. And we looked at the similarities between those things and Christ. And then in chapter 21, we looked at the the different cities, the 48 cities specifically that the Levites had. Remember, the Levites didn't have an inheritance like the rest of the children of Israel. The other tribes, they all received cities and, and allotments of land, but the Levites did not because God was their inheritance. The ministry was their inheritance, and so they did not receive an inheritance per se, but they were given cities within the boundaries of those other tribes that they could live in. They didn't own them, but they could live there, and they also had uh, common ground or uh, a common area around these cities where they could grow their uh, and, and, and bring up their livestock, and they obviously they would need livestock like calves and, and lambs and goats because of the sacrifices. They would need to raise those animals. And there would need to be a lot of them, wouldn't they? And so we looked at that. And then so finally, we're going to look at chapter 22 tonight. And so God fulfills all the promises that he had given to them. In fact, if you look in the very last few verses of chapter 21, this is a nice segue into 22. It says uh, in verse 43 of chapter 21, it says, So the Lord gave to Israel all the land of which he had sworn to give to their fathers. And they took possession of it, and they dwelt in it. And the Lord gave them rest all around, according to all that he had sworn to their fathers. 
And not a man of all their enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand, and not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. Notice, underline this, all came to pass. Now we know that all the people in the land that were supposed to be driven out weren't completely driven out, right? But God promised them that he would drive out the enemy. He would drive out these nations that had been involved in flagrant and wicked uh, idolatry for hundreds of years. God drove them out by hornets, and uh, God gave them that land. But as they went in to inherit those different pieces of land, it was their responsibility, after the big battles have, have been taking place, they were supposed to go in and finish the job. And we know that they did not do that. In fact, when we get into Judges, we're going to see the horrible record that we have here. And they learned it, I believe, going all the way back in, in Joshua chapter 9, where it talks about the, the Gabeans and how the Gabeans deceived them. And they learned that instead of wiping out the enemy, they could put the enemy to tribute, meaning make them slaves, make them hewers of wood and fetchers of water. If they would do that, and they learned the convenience of having an enemy that they could, they could um, push around, or not, maybe not push around, but to have them as... Uh, as uh, forced labor, okay? And so, here we are in chapter 22. And so, after all these lands, all these places have been inhabited, everybody gets their inheritance, and now, finally, those two and a half tribes, uh, Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh, remember, those were the two tribes on the eastern side of the Jordan River that decided when they, before they even crossed the Jordan River to begin with, they looked at that land and they thought it was good, and God allowed them to, to settle into that land. It wasn't his perfect will, I believe. I believe it was his permissible will. And there's a difference between permissive will and perfect will. Do you understand the difference? One is God will allow you. It's, it's not something that he designed for you. He had actually something better for you. And it, and it literally is like this. It's like him giving you gold and saying, I want to give you a gold bar that weighs 50 pounds. Or you could have a bronze bar that weighs 50 pounds. I'll take the bronze bar. Are you kidding? Bronze is like worth next to nothing. But a 50-pound gold bar would, would be enough to do a lot of things. But see, that's what we settle for. God's perfect will is to give you the very best, and we settle for the little squeaky-wheeled car where the fan belt's always blowing out after every couple hundred miles. We settle for that, and God says, did you know that I really wanted to give you a really nice car, one that wouldn't break down, and yet you're settling for this 30-year-old Yugo? Are you serious? It's been beat up by Rochester weather. There's holes all over it. And the floorboard, you can see through it. Are you Barney Rubble? I mean, and so we settle. It's, you know, God has a perfect will and he has a permissive will. And God forbid that we should settle for his permissive will because the greatest blessing is in his perfect will. But sometimes we're hasty and we want what we want and we want it now. And God says, okay. Is that what you really want? Yes, Lord, it's what I really want. I want that so bad. I saw it with my own eyes. Got to have it, got to have it, got to have it. My heart is set on it, Lord. And he's like, okay. Try to convince you otherwise, but if you, if you must have it, I'll give it to you. And so we take it. 
And that's exactly what these tribes did. That's what Gad and Reuben and the half-tribe of Manasseh, that's exactly what they did. So let's get into verse 1. It says, So then Joshua called the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, and he said to them, You have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and you've obeyed my voice in all that I commanded you. You have not left your brethren these many days up to this day, but you've kept the charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. And now the Lord your God has given rest to your brethren as he promised them. Now, therefore, return and go to your tents and to the land of your possession, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of the Jordan. So remember, they're on the western side of the Jordan. Now that, because the, the deal was is that they're supposed to help their brethren get into their inheritance. And once that inheritance was, uh, was secured, because they needed men to go out into battle, and they would help the other tribes get settled into their area, because they, these two and a half tribes have already settled on the eastern side. So it's only fair that they go and help their brothers, right? So now that they're on the west side, now after all this is settled, you know, Joshua tells them, okay, great, you, you've, you, you've done what you said you were going to do. Now you can go back. And I love this in, in verses 1 through 4, that those two and a half tribes, they were faithful to what God had told them to do. They were faithful. Turn with me to Numbers chapter 32. We're just going to look at a handful of verses here. Numbers 32, because this is what their desire was and, and, and what they were commanded to do if they chose that eastern inheritance. And just by way of review, let's just go through it really quick. There's only a handful of verses. We're going to look at verses 1 through 7 and then 20 through 24 of Numbers 32. This is, Now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of livestock. Now remember, this is a, we're reading in a place before uh, before they actually crossed over the Jordan, okay? So this is back when before they'd even crossed over. So the children of Reuben, Gad, had a very great multitude of livestock. And when they saw, notice, underline, when they saw. And I think something in this, I, I don't want to make a, too big of a deal of this, but when they saw, it was something that they captured their eye. And whenever something captures your eye, you'd better be careful. You better make sure that it's of the Lord because... Most of the time in the Bible, when something is seen and is desired, we see that in the garden, right? That Eve looked at the fruit. She saw that it was good. It was pleasant to the eyes. To make one wise. And it was the death of them. But she saw with her eyes. And, 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 I, and I believe, as you see this, underline when they saw, because this is part of their undoing, because they saw something and it wasn't a bad thing in and of itself, but again, remember, God's perfect will and his permissive will. He really wanted all of them to go over the Jordan and settle on the western side. But this, these two and a half tribes, oh, this looks really good. Want this. So it says, And when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, that indeed the region was a place for livestock, the children of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spoke to Moses, to Eleazar the priests, and to the leaders of the congregation, saying, Adaroth, Dibon, Jazer, Nimrah, Heshbon, Elialiah, Shabam, Nebo, and Baon, the country which the Lord defeated before the congregation of Israel, is a land for livestock. In other words, it's suited for livestock. You look at this land and it's like got livestock all over it. And your servants have livestock. 
So therefore they said, verse 5, If we have found favor in your sight, Moses, let this land be given to your servants as a possession. Do not take us over the Jordan. So already they're, they're in this place of, yes, this is really great. It, it can't be any really better than this. I mean, this is the place to have livestock. And yet God, I believe, had something even better for them. And certainly they would have been more blessed if they would have stuck with their brothers and went over the Jordan. But they, they saw it with their eyes. Had to have it. So they said, can we have it? Pretty please, with a cherry on top. I'll give you my G.I. Joe with a Kung Fu grip. And Moses says, he, he talks to the Lord, and Moses said to the children, verse 6, to the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, shall your brethren go to war while you sit here? Now why will you discourage the heart of the children of Israel from going over into a land which the Lord has given them? Are you serious? You want to stay here and everybody else is going to go over and fight and you guys are going to hang out here where there's no battle? I mean, the battle's already been done. In fact, God drove them out. They didn't really have to do a whole lot. And so now you want to just sit here? Moses is saying, I don't think so. I don't think so. Go down with me to verse 20 of that same chapter. And it says, Then Moses said to them, so they agreed, actually, in, in the verses in between, they agreed to go over and fight with their brothers. And then th- that way their kids and their wives, they can start settling into the land while the men of war go over the Jordan and help their brothers. And so in verse 20 it says, Moses said to them, So if you do this thing, if you arm yourselves before the Lord for the war, and all of your armed men cross over the Jordan before the Lord until he has driven out his enemies from before the, him, and the land is subdued before the Lord, then afterward you may return and be blameless before the Lord and before Israel. And this land shall be your possession before the Lord. But if you do not do so, and I would circle this verse, 32 or 23, but if you do not do so, then take note, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. And there's a verse to underline, because your sin will always find you out, no matter how tricky you think you are, no matter how experienced you are. Aren't we all masters at sin? Before we came to Christ, weren't you like trying? Like, you know, it's like some people say, well, I'm not really a practicing this. I'm not really a practicing that. And you're just like, well, well, I'm a, I'm a master at sin. If anybody can do it really good, man, I can do it, man. I've done everything and I, I can get away with it. Most of the time I can get away with it and I can even look good doing it. Right? And so we think that, right? We deceive ourselves. But notice, your sin will find you out. No matter what you're doing, given time, your sin will find you out. Build cities for your little ones, verse 24, and folds for your sheep, and do what has proceeded out of your mouth. And so they do that. So they make an agreement. Okay, we'll go over. And you know, I love this because the, the two and a half tribes, they're, they're, even though they're misguided, I believe, they that their desire is to keep the promise to help their brothers. And it's very similar to how we should be in the church. I mean, if we look at the way that these men were, it's commendable. that They could have said, no, we're going to stay here, and that's it. You guys fight your own battle. But they, they went ahead. They were honorable, and they finished the job. They did. And, and it's like us, as, as the church. We ought to be the same way. We ought to be helping each other out. And especially in the day that we live in, so many people are desperate. You know, if you know somebody in the fellowship who's sick or maybe just had surgery, find out their number. You can always call. And, you know, sometimes we have numbers and you can call them. Go pay them a visit. You know, I don't know what's happened, but it, it just seems like as time is going on, it, it's like people 
Um, and, and not necessarily any of you per se, but it's just there's a, there's a lethargy. And, and we're not really taking care of each other the way we ought to, the way we should. And, and that starts with me. That starts with me. But notice what First Peter, let me just read this to you. It's First Peter chapter 3, beginning in verse 8. And, and again, just using these gentlemen as a, a, a good example here. Peter exhorts us, he says, Finally, all of you, and that's all of us, be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers. Notice, be tender-hearted. Be tender-hearted. Don't you want somebody to be tender-hearted to you and to be courteous? And especially as Christ ones. That's really what a Christian is, is a Christ one. Someone who's governed by the Lord Jesus Christ. And and that ought to be our heart. We ought to love as brothers. We ought to be tender-hearted. We ought to be courteous. And verse 9, he says, Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this. We were all called to a blessing, that you may inherit a blessing. Believe me, there's so many blessings that God is going, you're going to inherit by the Lord. And I, I think that when, when we finally realize those things and, and, and we uh, come into fruition to all those promises in God's kingdom, our hearts are going to be so overwhelmed that we're going to look back and say, Lord, I wished I would have understood. I wish I would have understood way back then the glories that I have now and that are even still ahead of me yet. Lord, if I had just considered it deeply, I would have changed so many different things. But we don't change. And I'm hoping tonight you will change. Because I think we're all changing, but sometimes I can be resistant. I can be like that dog on a leash. Instead of taking a dog for a walk, I'm taking the dog for a drag. I'm grabbing him by the leash, and he's got all four sticking out like this. And sometimes I'm like that with the Lord. Does that ring a bell with you sometimes? I think we're very similar, or can be anyway, not that that's true for everyone. But notice what he says in verse 10 here. He says, For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good, and let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are what? They're on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Okay, so that's... This is what we are called to do. Just like those tribes, those two and a half tribes. They're going to go help their brothers. And certainly they didn't even have the advantage that you and I have of the Spirit of God indwelling us if you're a believer in Christ. If you have the Spirit of God in you, that's something that the Old Testament believers never had. A permanent indwelling. The Spirit of God came upon them at times and caused them to do some really amazing things. But the Spirit of God did not indwell the believer until Christ, until his death and resurrection, until the day of Pentecost. The Spirit of God will come upon us, but the Spirit of God needs to come in you. That's the only claim that you have to being a Christian, is if the Spirit of God is in you, in you. In 1 John chapter 3, finally, I just want to read one more passage here. 1 John 3, beginning in verse 16, it says, By this, John says, we know love, because he laid down his life for us. And just like these guys, they're going to lay down their lives, because they're going to go in and fight with their brothers. Maybe some of them wouldn't come back. I don't know the statistics. I don't know what the Bible tells us. There's really no mention of, of any lives being lost. You know, in certain, in certain engagements, they lost some. We know that at Ai, they lost 36 men. But in the other ones, did they lose any? Don't know. The Bible doesn't really say. 
Because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And see, that's what we got to return to. You may not have to lay down your physical life, but, you know, sometimes just being inconvenienced. Being inconvenienced for a little bit for someone else, to really bless them, to really make their day, I tell you, is something that we ought to consider doing. Because if you're like me, sometimes I just get to the point where I'm like, you know, I don't want to be inconvenienced. I got my own plans today, and that's what I'm going to do. And God says... But I got a plan. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Joshua. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.